Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio. I am your host, Brian. Joining me back in the co-host chair, we've got Chaos Prime returning after a week or two of crazy work. Soro is also here uh, co-hosting as well as today we dive into just an epic week for video games here on the verge of E3 2021 coming into Summer Games Fest right now. Got some amazing announcements, some exciting stuff to be excited for. Exciting, exciting. Uh, all the best words here on Epic Loot Radio from this ginger. So uh, first and foremost, I want to get caught back up with Chaos, dude. What are you playing? What have you been working on? How is life going? Well, life has been great. Lots of work has uh, has kept me away from the podcast, which has been sad. And I've been doing a lot of 14 this past two weeks. A lot. I, I think I've memorized every single word in that main scenario now. As I'm trying to get the tokens <laughs> to get all the rewards I want from there. I do like, what, seven, eight runs a day. It is... Yeah, the grind is real. <laughs> the grind is real. So that's been basically what I've been mainly playing. And on the side, I've been trying to fit in a bit of Genshin Impact. Yeah. But I'm really excited today to jump into uh, Ratchet and Clank. On your PS5. So, yeah. Like yes. d- dusting it off, or you've been playing uh, 14 on the PS5 as well? Uh, 14 on the PS5. I think the only three games I played, two games I played on the three games I played on the PS5 is 14, mm-hmm. Returnal, and Genshin Impact. That's it. Yeah. I don't need to find anything else. All right. Soro, dude, what are you gaming? How's life? Uh been working on some uh, new genesis mm-hmm. got hunter up to uh level eight or level nine or something like that got my subclass up there and having a lot of fun with that uh they uh what i think they had a uh, emergency maintenance this morning to help fix lag yeah which is nice uh but other than that working on some uh 14 probably tonight tomorrow uh trying to get my Tombstone gear ready to go and upgraded and all that fun stuff. Yeah. The uh, also today on the show, just FYI, we're going to be talking about Lost Ark, Elden Ring, New World, Final Fantasy 14 is going to be a big subject, especially with just the state of World of Warcraft and uh, and Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis impressions. Uh, for myself, I've been crazy busy at work. I've gotten to level five or six in, in New Genesis. Uh, the only the limiting factor is like I I had to sleep. I had to like I didn't want to stop playing. And it's so refreshing and exciting <laughs> to have that experience to where like, oh, I'm running into my own physical limitations with this game. So we're going to talk about more of the new Genesis here in the back half. But we have a lot of gaming news, a lot of the Summer Game Fest and E3 just around this quarter. Uh, if you guys are tuning in with us live or you're listening, we're going to have the show out to you in MP3 format pretty quickly after this show goes live or wraps up. And uh, this Sunday, uh, Xbox, Square Enix, I'm very excited. We'll be covering those events for you live, uh, getting you all slots. If you're interested and you want to join into today's show, uh, you can always just leave a comment in live and we'll highlight it. Just like with Americon here, I'm probably butchering the name, saying good morning. So good morning to you as well. And uh, Or we also have our pinned link. If you want to uh, jump in with a good mic, you can tune in and uh, share your thoughts on any of the gaming news that you're most excited about. So... Before the show actually hit, uh, we hit record and diving in, you were talking about Evil Dead uh, Chaos. Dude, what's going on with that? Like, why is that something to be excited about? Uh, floor is yours. Um, I mean, the game seems like a 4v1, like um, Dead Light kind of game. It's a better version of um, Friday the 13th. 
mm-hmm. but it's Evil Dead. It's based on the universe. It's based on the first two movies. So if you like that franchise and you like that world and you've enjoyed because the third movie was a bit on and off, but the first two movies were great. And the whole game is based around it. And you can actually now become the Deadites and play as the Deadites. This just it just looks really cool. It's you know, Bruce Campbell's in there, it's got all his cheesy quotes, one-liners that you can expect. If you're a fan of the franchise, you'll you'll re- it's just a dream come true. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Dream come true. Evil Dead coming out. And the fact that they're kind of modeling Boomstick. it off of these the, the success of Friday the 13th and, and these other games that are just like, like I from a streaming perspective, I think that's going to have something that ends up just, you know, giving it a whole new uh, whole new life. Uh, going into this next generation, maybe getting more people to check out those movies for the first time. So, uh, and then Gizmo here says, "How uh, can you say that Army of uh, say Army of Darkness wasn't great?" So I didn't say it wasn't great. I just said the first two were better. <laughs> All right. So this uh, just yesterday, we had a lot of breaking news, uh, especially as Summer Games Fest kicked itself into high gear. And honestly, it just it's a it's a really exciting time. I think gamers have just been hungry for new content, new information uh, and more. And it seems like this is a really good start for uh, kind of that rolling into E3. The big announcements in my mind, uh, at least speaking for myself, were Elden Ring and Lost Ark coming to the West. Elden Ring having a four player multiplayer component makes me more interested into it right away because I like people like oh Elden Ring when are we going to see Elden Ring it's like okay like I know it's from software that seems interesting I haven't been a big Souls fan I haven't actually played those so maybe I'm going to enjoy them uh, at their core but them announcing a multiplayer component has me immediately perk up like oh man this is something that maybe I could play with my friend Soro is Elden Ring anywhere on your radar and you got two thumbs up go ahead <laughs> absolutely uh it definitely looks great uh it reminds me of dark souls it also reminds me of like dragon's dogma a little bit um things like that bloodborne kind of feel looks mm-hmm. like uh, with the trailer and everything and i've always you know tried the games out got probably about halfway through it and then something else caught my attention yeah but i'll, I'll definitely pick it up and play it chaos how about you um souls games have never really been my thing i've played a couple not really liked them i'll check it out for sure um but not sure how i'll get on with it honestly the date being that it's dropping in uh in january january 21st i believe 2020 yes actually Mm. is something that i think is going to work for its favor uh in the long run because it's like at the end of the day i'm like oh that's actually great because there's not much that i usually budget time for uh in a slow cold month of January. So it's like that could easily be something that is a really good start to the year, much like what we saw with Monster Hunter World. I remember when Monster Hunter World dropped, it's like, whoa, like this just kind of came out of nowhere. Gave, and it wasn't really anything else that was in my mind that was taking me away from my gaming experience. It was something that uh, I always kind of like those January releases that kind of get out of the big holiday weekend blockbusters, uh, you know, that we see with uh, the like we know the Call of Duty is getting printed and this fall, we know that these things, certain games are happening this fall. We know that Endwalker is dropping this fall. And then it's like, great, now that might be something that, you know, if you are if you finished off this story of Final Fantasy XIV uh, and you're looking for something slightly a little bit different, that might be a nice little thing to vacation into 
uh, for a while. All right, so outside of that, uh, we got some uh, New World information today. Essentially, uh, New World did their uh, presentation uh, this morning that was a part of Summer's Games Fest. Just to give you guys a brief summary of the information that was delivered, it was everything we've already known. <laughs> I love it when they have these kind of hyped up PR campaigns that are a part of like Summer Game Fest. It's like if you follow the game at all uh, and you did not get anything you want, but no matter what, they know they're going to get you invested. So I was there watching uh, the this morning going like, oh, I'll see if they give us any new information. And it literally was just like, oh, here's everything that you already know. And I go, they got me. Uh, they got me again. I was I was hoping for more information. Um, but it serves as a really good kind of purpose for those uh, running out there. However, uh, New World has its uh, its work cut out for it, uh, namely in its uh, perception. Uh, it doesn't have the trusted community. And also when it comes to its cash shop, that is a sticking and hot topic that we covered last week, especially with what RuriCon and his input on it being kind of something where that definitely makes it a concern for him. Uh, let's go with Soro. Soro, um, New World, where, where, where do you fall uh, on the on the scheme of it? Is it a game that you're actively interested in? Why, why not? And does the cash shop currently concern you? Well, considering I pre-ordered it, uh, <laughs> I would say I'm still going to play it. Like, I love playing in the beta. The beta was a lot of fun uh, whenever we were in together. Uh, but the cash shop doesn't bother me at all. Like, personally, it doesn't. I don't need to take part in it if I don't want to. It's that simple. Like, it's just like the 14 cash shop from what I've been told, what I've been seeing. Mm -hmm. You can participate in it. It helps fund what is going on, sure. If there's something really cool on there, yeah, I'll drop the $5, 10 $15 to get it. Just being like, oh, this is a really cool weapon skin or this is a really cool, you know, glamour or something like that. But... Other than that, I don't need to even look at it. You know, it, it. I mean, I get the people concerned, or like we're concerned, you're concerned, some people are concerned about. Oh well, you can just drop an entire year's salary on stuff in this thing, and some those people won't even bat an eye at it and everything like that. I'm like, okay, cool. You want to pay my way too? Then great. I'll tell you a couple things that I think are pretty neat. You can get me. <laughs> but other than that, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me any. Like yeah. I know, I know where my money needs to go, and it doesn't need to go there. So, see, yeah. for me, um, I don't mind a cash shop. I think uh, those buy-to-play games with zero subscription need to monetize in order to, you know, keep the game running. Money doesn't just come out of thin air. Wish it did, because I'd be rich. But, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't. So they need to monetize it somehow. My problem is how they actually monetize it. See, the way 14 monetizes it, I think, is right. Everything is cosmetic and nothing gives you an advantage outside of the bike. But you can <laughs> you can actually sort that out. And, get, and in the game whale from and, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, the XP boosters that they're looking to add, the only thing that's of concern to me is if it will impact the main game. Mm -hmm. Will they be, you know, tweaking the XP system in a way to make me want to spend and buy a bit of XP booster or make me want to get that rested XP or 
basically slowly but surely just nudge me ever so slightly to that side. As long as they don't do that, then I don't care for it. At the moment, I feel like the grind is worse because they want me to go to the shop. Mm -hmm. That is where I'll draw the line. And with these companies, that fine line is very difficult to meet. You know, Blade and Soul um, started off relatively well, and then as soon as they saw they could monetize it, XP went through the roof. Uh, BDO was the same. Once you get to the late game, it can take forever to gain a level unless you buy boosters. And even then, it's still going to take forever. As long as it doesn't affect my gameplay, I'm okay. But if it starts affecting my gameplay, that's where I draw the line. I don't mind dropping money onto a cash in a cash shop. I spend money in 14. Mm-hmm. I spend money in engine. If I enjoy the game, I don't mind dropping a bit of money in. But not if it's going to give me a physical advantage or it's going to be the sole way of me actually progressing. Yeah, they have to deliver a really good game. And that's where I've, I've seen people argue that the, you know, they, they announced over a year ago that the game would have a cash shop. So nothing that is coming out now, in my mind, is new or anything oh, yeah. really to be concerned about until we have like more information. But I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody who's on the fence that they have to like, no, I was like, no, you you do what you feel is right. Like, it's your mm-hmm. money. It's your time. Support, don't support. There's no wrong answer in my mind. They have to earn that level, that degree. But that all then being said is... I think that I would not launch a game with a cash shop. I would be open that it's like, Hey, we're considering this down the road with cosmetics and this is what we're considering, but we're going to, we're going to just launch the game and then introduce that later. That's what actually 14 did in my mind that I think has made it so successful. And yes, the cash shop isn't in your face all the time, but it's still there and people spend lots of money on it. Uh, There's plenty of things that you can purchase from it that I wish still had a connection to end game, but I get that. It doesn't for that reason. Go ahead, uh, Chaos. Can you access the cash shop within the game on New World? We don't know. Most likely, yes. Because in 14, you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. 14, it's yes, as it's far a... away from your face as possible. Mm-hmm. So I and would that's think... how I feel it should be. Yeah. And I, and I think beyond that, I think the fact that like you get people in, you let them play, and you develop trust and say, hey... We want to do this, and if you guys like the stuff here, it ends up equaling this other cool stuff for you there. Because I think any adult, anybody who's ever had to work to pay a subscription or, or to buy a game will recognize that these people aren't working for free. Like, they're not working, be- like, they might love what they do and have passion for it, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, they need to be their families. Amazon needs to make a, you know, a profit. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, why are we throwing money into a pit? Let's not do that. That's why, you know, that's what separates successful businesses from the ones that end up closing down. It's like, well, we threw a lot of money into a hole and nothing came back up. Well, moving on. And then the people we end up having, no matter what, like if it is, it has to be a good game, but it, let's say if people love it and it is a good game, but no one you know, supports it whatsoever, then it goes away and people are like, what happened? It was such a great game. And it's like, well, like they didn't have the right business model essentially to support the game and the development uh, costs uh, therein. But I think in the end of the day, the next couple of months are going to be really interesting. I think uh, July 20th is going to be uh, kind of a critical point for them. And then uh, the release, but it's beyond the release. You got to get uh, you got to get a year in their belt. Like I think their first expansion is going to tell a lot overall about the experience with the game itself. But 
I want to transition now into something I'm very excited about. If you guys have not been following Lost Ark at all, and this, there's going to be a lot of questions that we're about to ask, but if you haven't been following this game at all, it is uh, now actually being published by Amazon Game Studios. It is coming out in the fall. It is a Korean-based MMORPG, and for the longest time, I have had access and played it in Korea, and it was a really good experience. It was a good experience. I was like, that was fun. I would like to play more. Let me know when it's coming to the West. We now know fall 2021 is there and you can actually register for a chance to play the technical test uh, as well. So just note that uh, this is an isometric, uh, you know, action MMORPG. Uh, it's Korean based, which that could, you know, we could spend all day talking about Korean MMOs and their positives and negatives, but uh, it is it is both very flashy, and I can speak to its gameplay and say, it's really fun. I had no idea what was going on because it was 100% Korean, but it was, it was a fun game, and I'm looking forward to the fact that we'll be able to actually play it this fall. Guys, have you been following this game at all? Do you have any thoughts or questions or uh, before we kind of get into the big uh, topic of it? Uh, personally, I have not. This is probably the first I'm hearing about it uh at all uh just something that wasn't on my radar i mean from the trailer it looks pretty good but i want to see how the gameplay is mm -hmm. honestly because there's certain certain gameplay aspects that i'd like a little bit more than others mm -hmm. um and if there is like a little small mix of gameplay in this trailer that i'm seeing i don't know if it's going to be for me because of the way it's set up mm-hmm Chaos, how about you? I've been following this game on and off for a while now. Um, when I first saw it announced in Korea, it was something that instantly caught my eye. Um, then it went and had that Russian patch that came out, and it was playing over there. I remember Eric's actually um, playing this and promoting it, and I've been quite interested in this. It's not something that I've been overly interested, but I definitely want to try it out. I love the way the world is set up and the environment artistically and aesthetically looks for me it is you know it's ticking a lot of the right boxes in terms of gameplay it's something i probably have to sit down and play myself in order to see how it is and if it suits my style is it tab targeting or is it freestyle if you know uh it's it's an action mmorpg so it's action. it's like diablo okay so, and it's set up in that in that aspect so essentially if you're thinking diablo 4 thinking uh you know path of exile uh, that essentially is set up as an okay. mmorpg right. yeah yeah, yeah that i mean this really... could definitely uh especially in multiplayer this could definitely be a lot of fun yeah so, the way that those are set okay. up wasn't really my kind of thing but right it's, it's, it's not going to be a game for everybody the uh it's a free-to-play so it's a free-to-play game meaning it's got microtransactions it's got you know like <laughs> daily login bonuses that's what i say like one of the things that you know I, i've seen a lot of people saying uh, as mmos are dead because they no longer support the subscription model and it's a subject that actually i've been thinking about making a video on but we can kind of somewhat you know litigate litigate it here is that i think it's there it MMOs don't exist in a bubble and things like Netflix and uh, Game Pass are major, you know, major competitors to the MMORPG. And right now, as it stands for the same price as you could get for your MMO sub, you get more content delivered very consistently from something like Game Pass or Netflix. 
right? So that when it comes down to it, at some point people hit subsaturation. And we've seen that with MMOs, with the amount of time and, uh, that's invested into them and more. Now, I do want to highlight a, a comment by a fellow uh, a contributor on the podcast. We haven't had him on in a while because he uh, works all the time and doing really good work out there in the world. Johnny Mac Games saying, the main area of concern for me is with Lost Ark is the track record of Amazon Game Studios. So, you guys have any thoughts on that? Because we were just talking about New World. I thought these, that's why I wanted to start with New World and transition into Lost Ark. Uh, not really. Like, what? This would be Amazon Game Studios' second big game? Yeah, this, they would have uh, so two games. They're I publishing re- it. Uh, Smilegate's the developer, but go ahead. Right, but so with one game that hasn't even released yet, and then now they announce another game that hasn't released yet. I, I don't know what to base that on, you know? I would assume that he's a, a talking about just the recent drama about the uh, the New World cash shop. And going back to what I said earlier, it the cash shop doesn't bother me at all. Like I can just ignore it myself, but that's just me. Yes. See, I think this this game is going to be a really big testament to Amazon. Now, obviously, they haven't released another game, but this well, they is. They did, but they unreleased it. <laughs> oh well, yeah, but that was still beta, right? So it didn't really come out. Or was it Alpha still? Um, Crucible. But um, I think this is going to hit like our computers before New World, right? Or yeah. is New World coming out first? New World drops New World August thirty first, and then this is happening fall twenty twenty one. So that could be like, and then at the same like point, like, are they then maybe. also competing against themselves? You know, I yeah, I because think there's a fact. Go ahead. Because if this drops before, then it'll be interesting to see how Amazon handles the servers, and you know, the launch of this in the Western market. If it's coming out after, then clearly all eyes are going to be on new world to see how that launches and then that could adversely damage this because if they have a horrendous launch on the first one this you won't leave any confidence for the second one but if they have a really good successful launch for the first one it will give hope and you know confidence for people Mm -hmm. to try out and dive into the second one yeah, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right. That's going to build up on itself. Anthony's pointing out, and they also canceled the Lord of the Rings game. Um, that wasn't necessarily yeah, canceled. That. Well, that also wasn't really canceled by Amazon. That was that uh, uh, Tryon or whoever the Japan uh, the Chinese uh, company was, um, Tencent or something, bought up the developer that was actually working on it with them and they tried to fix it, but essentially uh, China said, Nope. <laughs> so that that's like, they've had these struggles, right? Especially when we bring up crucible, the uh, just for a fact that you guys know they released it, it was released. Then they bought it back into beta and then they tr- made some changes and then they decided to outright cancel crucible, which overall I think was the right choice. I, I tried to play crucible and I was like, I wanted to give it a fair shake. I don't really like MOBAs. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shake. And I played it. And then I was like, after I played it and kind of played the classes and built out a guide for it, I had to go play Gears of War 5 and immediately feel just how good that third-person shooting is in a game like Gears versus that how it felt in Crucible. And I was like, man, that, that game's in trouble. That game's in serious trouble. And I debated on making a post about it, but then I decided not to because I don't like to sit here and 
like, oh yeah, this game's not good. And cause then no matter what, there's going to be one hardcore fan out there. There's like, this is the best game ever. And it's like, nah, I don't want to, bo- I don't need to bother with that. I'm not planning on spending more time with it. Um, I overall, think you would have been safe. I really think on I, this occasion yeah. you would have been safe. <laughs> yeah. This one time it's like, oh yeah, he really called it right. Like that's not a fun game. Yeah. It's, it wasn't, it was not a fun game. I mean, I really tried to like crucible. Um, I actually spent what, three, four hours on it, just trying to like it. Mm-hmm. But it felt so limited and rigid. And I don't know, it just wasn't fun. It was missing something. It was missing speed. It was so slow. Like everything about it, you could criticize. Yeah. I felt like I never felt like I knew if I was hitting somebody or not. Like I never got the feedback in that regards. That's when I actually, to, co- to contrast this a little bit with New World in a way, I went in and played New World and it felt amazing. Like it was like, this is really firing on all cylinders. I think they have something here. And not that everybody will share that same opinion, but I was just like, yeah, there was a real big contrast uh, between Crucible and New World for me. And having actually played Lost Ark, I know a lot of people have been waiting for this game for a long time. So then the question regarding Lost Ark is going to be this. This game came out like 2018 and it was like 2019, 2020, 2021. The Lost Ark fan base has been, you know, very supportive of this game, but is it too late for a game like this? Is Are they going to be able to compete and find an audience in the West years later, or is it just going to be something that kind of comes and goes? Because like Johnny says here, uh, Amazon Studios has a long established history of pulling uh, the plug on projects, even though they're the publisher. If they don't see a return on the investment, they will pull funding. I think any company would pull funding off of anything that's just draining money uh, at some point there at some point there's a hard cutoff but what do you guys think i think it's i mean this is a topic that actually me and my friend were discussing earlier today in fact in regards to lost ark is it too late for them to release it considering this came out in what 2018 in korea yeah in korea yeah yeah and it's old and that doesn't generally translate very well. And there are other precedents like Blade and Soul, which, you know, mm-hmm. prove that it's really difficult for a game that's been out for so long that has all the documentation, all the videos. It's nothing new. And right. sure, you're going to get that fresh feel when you jump in for the first time. Mm-hmm. But like yourself, you've been playing it. So even mm-hmm. if you jump into this now, sure, you'll actually finally understand what's going on but you know it's not new you've seen it so much and you've seen it um on twitch because i've watched this a few times on twitch and stuff and i've seen like a youtube videos when i was really following it um, a year or so ago and it just it's not new and i think that could potentially hurt some of it also, there's that whole stigma of it being free to play, mm-hmm. which will also cause a problem. Because for me personally, I generally tr- stay away from free to play games, mainly because support generally isn't there. Right. It's not at the level of, say, like uh, Final Fantasy 14, which is a subscription based model. If you're paying for a subscription, you expect a certain level of support and yeah. you expect to see that content coming every three months with a free to play <laughs> well, game. Wow, uh, Shadowlands would be a real stark contrast to that viewpoint right now. Yeah, well, that's why 14 is uh, the 
number one game right now. Though, Numero right? uno. Good. But that's and... what you kind of expect from a subscription-based model because that's what you're paying for. You're paying for that continued content. Um, a number of games like Secret World Legends, for example, really good game. If any of you haven't checked it out, it's it's free to play. I think it's buy to play or it could be free to play now. Um, the world is really interesting, totally interesting, and it's a really cool game. But because it's free to play, there's like almost no support for it at all. And that's a real shame because that's an IP that's actually really cool, but Funcom have just completely just dropped it because uh, it's free to play and it's not making enough money as Conan. So they're like, okay, goodbye. But if it was actually making the money, if it had a valid monthly subscription, I could, you could see that game um, living on for quite a while longer. And I'm just worried that free to play games, especially. You know, ones like this may fall into that same trope. It all depends on support and content updates, and if they don't yeah. deliver that, it will die. So, are you about yeah. to see them? Yeah, uh, MMO Ronin just kind of took the words out of what I was going to say. Um, where chaos you were talking about, it's an old game, we don't know how it's going to do re releasing over here. That's exactly what PSO did, uh, or PSO2 did. It was an eight-year-old game that then finally released every year, and it got blown up. Like people loved it. I mean, yeah, it was buggy at first on the or on the global release, but after a month or two, it calmed down and everything runs smooth. You think uh, so? Because um, every one of my friends, obviously, I'm not saying I, I have a billion friends, but um, we were all looking forward to it, and we jumped in for a little bit. And ultimately, the game aged so badly that we we just couldn't enjoy it. So, our yeah, group of I, seven or eight players, we just ended up going elsewhere. Um, yeah. I what's the that. numbers for PSO two in the in the Western market? Uh, I'd have to try to pull it up somewhere. Let me. I'll find it. Okay. Uh, because I'd be interested to like, see that. Like. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking new Genesis right now. I'm just talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, graphics-wise, sure. Uh, Gameplay-wise, I mean, it's pretty much the same as it was. Um, or New Genesis is pretty much the same gameplay style as what Base is. But it's, I think it came over and released globally, and I think it was handled as well as it could have been. Mm -hmm. uh, with such want and need for the game globally right uh you can only go so far with something on release you know you release something and yeah you're gonna have problems there i don't know anybody that has not had problems mm -hmm. uh but they're they're making changes they're making adjustments they just updated the graphics engine for the base game even and I did switch back and forth between the two uh, since release of New Genesis, and they both look great. The updated graphics engine for base looks amazing, but I'm also a little biased because PSO is something that, or Fantasy Star is just something that I've loved for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have an absolute nostalgia for the series. I actually released my first impressions of it today and started off with a story about um, my experience growing up and how like fantasy star four was like a real like key moment in, you know, in my adolescence, I was like, I, I distinctly remember that day. 
Um, and right now, Fantasy Star 2 uh, listed at 16 is uh, some of the most active MMOs, uh, with Final Fantasy 14 being number one in that <laughs> regards. I think we've kind of covered our thoughts on New Gen- uh, on uh, Lost Ark when it comes to that. I, I want it to be successful, but... Like I've also seen like servers and population dip down in Korea and it kind of Korean, you know, games kind of have that kind of, you know, cycle. They come out in Korea, they make their money there, then they come out in the West and they make their money there and then they shut down. But, you know, we'll ultimately see because if people are actively playing it and the game's making money, then I think that's where, you know, people are going to want more content. You know, oh, you want more content? You want more of this game? We'll ultimately have to wait and see. But Final Fantasy fourteen. let's shift into that topic real quick because uh, this week it seems that it is now the number one most played MMORPG over World of Warcraft. I think there's a couple of factors that are going on, positive and negative. I think, uh, you know, Classic coming out and the fact that uh, Classic on this list is separate from base World of Warcraft uh, taking, uh, you know, a, a lot of interest from the WoW base, but... The first time, you know, it looks like Final Fantasy fourteen is taking the number one spot. I want to go to Sora. What? How, how does this news strike you? How does this information strike you? Is this uh, is this good? Do you or do you see like this is just a temporary kind of blip in the history of Final Fantasy fourteen? Uh, with the way that the release for what World of Warcraft is what waiting waiting on nine point one. Yeah, I, still well, waiting. I don't play, don't even, they don't even I don't have a date well. for nine one. I don't play WoW, so I don't know. Uh, but with their that huge lull in content and people trying to find something else to play, they're going to go and be like, oh, well, you know, I know some creators that do play both of these games. Sure, I'll try it, see what it's about. And that I think that's what this is right now, is people going, well, I want to play something. And they're just kind of going, oh, well, we'll, we'll try a bunch of these different games. And I know one of my favorite creators plays this, or I know one of my friend over here plays both. And I want to try this mm-hmm. and I'll go play with him. I think that's what it is right now. It's just people going, we're waiting for new content for our main game. So we're going to go over here for a little while. Once the content comes out, then we're going to jump again. And you'll see that number just completely flip again. I don't think it will completely flip it. There's a lot of people that are just fed up with Blizzard's, well, Activision Blizzard's uh, antics and the way they're handling the game. I mean, I've been watching Asmogold for a little while now. Crazy guy. But um, he's like a diehard WoW guy. You show him 14 and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll start bleeding in his eyes. He, he, he can't stand it at all. But even he can see now that you know the direction that wow is going in is not great and it's pushing people away and if people get pushed away enough and create a new click elsewhere it's going to be difficult well i want to say difficult but there's going to be less incentive to come back if they're enjoying what they're doing here a lot more than what they were doing here mm-hmm. yeah i can and most people that. can generally only maintain one MMO. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest draw factor here. Um, you've got, you know, Lost Art coming, which is mm-hmm. cool. You've got um, PSO2 out now, which I think I'm, what, level eight or nine in there now, mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. it um, on and off. But my main focus is 14. And if I'm going to dedicate any time to an MMO, it's going to be 14. 
so the others come secondary so it really depends with those people that are leaving well now if their focus now becomes 14 or whatever mmo they're playing will there be enough draw to bring them back so i'm not so sure it's clear-cut being a flip some will return naturally because um it's new content right yeah if it's going to be as clear-cut as it is because wow has a lot of problems at the moment and they're not addressing them how i see this playing out and it'll be interesting to see if i'm if what i see happening uh ends up you know kind of panning out right uh rightly but historically wow would release a big update around a competitor's launch and we saw that with tbc dropping uh in june and in fact even ashes of creation moved their alpha out of the of the tbc window once that date was announced so that that they you know they're not going to be one-to-one because no matter what you, you sunken cost curiosity hype like no matter what being at a game when it launches uh can be an exciting and thrilling time to be kind of a part of gaming culture but um the question is is when is nine one and in between june and august is kind of our window for when this update happens i think 9.1 is going to anybody who's visiting into 14 right now that's invested that's invested years is going to go check out 9.1 even bellular said that he's absolutely going to play 9.1 makes sense the question is is that is there enough content in 9.1 and when is 9.2 so when we look at this aspect, because between now and, you know, whenever, like theoretically 9.1 is, if I was, if I was Activision, and I don't know if they deserve the Blizzard name anymore, um, if I was Activision, putting 9.1 right around New World is a really good strategic move, and then marrying that with another six-month mount, like you subscribe for six months, you're going to get this X mount, which was what they did with, you know, uh, Shadowlands. And that's, you know, just kind of like a business strategy. Like it, or, I'm not sitting here and saying it's what I like to see. I'm just saying that this just kind of makes sense, right? So they're going to get people, they're going to get them back hooked. Uh, probably take some win out of the sales of New World. But what happens between 9.1 and 9.2? And we see a lot of, of games releasing. We, I mean, if New World continues to deliver content, and people keep coming and playing it. That's a really interesting, you know, case scenario. Final Fantasy fourteen has N Walker dropping, and if if nine point two isn't until sometime in twenty twenty two, and assuming they go eight months, nine months, ten months between nine one and nine two, like you're you're giving up a lot of momentum. You're giving fourteen the ability to make that establishment right, where people the people I've talked to is like. They've put 15 years. They go and like just do the math on how much they've spent on the game. And it's like, holy crap. Like I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on X game. Am I really willing to leave that, that level of investment, that community? And that's essentially an opportunity for New World. It's an opportunity for Fantasy Star. It's an opportunity for 14. And I think 14 out of all of that is probably the one who's been playing the fundamentals, the the consistency and the, and delivering the content because in the time of, you know, Shadowlands to now, we've seen, you know, 5.4, 5.5, content, news, community, fan fest. Like there's a clear, like you can see a clear difference maker between the two games. And no, 14 isn't a perfect game. There's things that I think a lot of people, a lot of veterans like myself would love to see with the game. 
would love to participate in the game itself, but it's so exciting to see a fresh face. And the fact that we're wow creators are covering Final Fantasy 14 is massive because what what we're seeing in, in this is that from a content creation perspective, we're seeing people actually watch that content. 14 is really welcoming to Sprouts. And that's actually a really exciting thing to see because from a content creation perspective, they have these built-in audiences. And guess what? Turns out a lot of people who play WoW also play 14. Some might consider one thing that they main, but I went and played Shadowlands. Really, it's not a game for me. It's not a game I'm going to go back and play. Um, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's a common language that's established. And it's really neat to see how Final Fantasy 14 has through focus, through content, and through consistency... It has, has delivered a message that players can say, you can come here. It's safe. You can trust the developers. They're listening. You might not get what you want in 6.1, but Yoshi P will be sure to talk about it in terms of plans, game design, etc. I, I, a lot of the, the complaints, or at least the common difference that I see, oh, puppy, that I see going on right now is that 14's PvP is, uh, is kind of its weakest aspect, but Yoshi P's already talked about PvP uh, updates coming in Endwalker, and I think that, depending on what they deliver, I'm hopeful, because I think that could be something for somebody who's like, well, yeah, I, this is my PvE game, but I PvP in WoW. It'll be neat to see if that 14 can solve that um, that that problem. And to 14 PvP players out there, I know it exists, but you... I'll, I'll consider... Yeah, I consider 14's PvP a success when you don't have to use third-party tools just to participate just to find those times when people are actively playing it. And that's going to be, that's what I'm looking forward to and hopeful for what N Walker brings. Um, it's, it's really cool to see this. You know, I know a lot of people are like, but that, that site's not the official numbers. Nobody has official numbers. It's so funny that people put so much pressure on it. Like the official numbers, like what's the official sub count? That's, that information has been really, has it been over a decade since these companies stopped reporting that information? <laughs> so Yoshi P knows the number. Uh, I'm sure Blizzard, you know, knows the number. At the end of the day, like, no, like the the numbers that really matter are are I think engagement, and that's what uh, what we use for as a temperature. And it's really exciting to see, especially as an avid avid advocate for Final Fantasy 14 for over the last decade, having seen this shift, even if it's temporary, uh, you know, come to pass. And then along with this shift. I think there will be a little bit of a snapback whenever 9.1 drops, but if 9.2 is just as long, I think a lot of people will be like, cool. I, I, I experienced that. That was either the final chapter. I mean, I'm really curious to see if somebody comes out after 9.1 and says, that's it. I can finally say goodbye, you know, and, and my, I've moved, I've moved my home into this other game into insert X game here. What do you guys think about that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's like playing the markets. Just kind of got to see what happens. <laughs> well, well, well played. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, chaos. Any, any final thoughts on, uh, for, on final fantasy 14? I think it'll be interesting to see how the next expansion for either of them does. 14's expansion has a lot of hype going into it. It's the end of the ASEAN saga. Mm -hmm. It's going out on a massive high. And it's also starting a new chapter in 6.1. Yeah. 9.14, wow, needs to deliver. It needs to 
captivate the player base and bring them back and get them engaged again. I think if it doesn't do that, then there's going to be dire consequences for WoW going forward. Because one thing that you can say with 14 is if things are bad, the developers might not be able to fix it instantly, but a next iteration of that same content, they work on it and change it and take that feedback and deliver. A prime example of this is uh, Eureka with Baldessian Arsenal. Mm -hmm. I loved Baldessian Arsenal. Absolutely fantastic piece of content. One of my favorite dungeons in 14, hands down. But the only way you could participate in that was through Discord. You were mm -hmm. pretty much limited to finding a group in Discord that was scheduling runs and joining it. And that was a lot of problem because it alienated a lot of people. And, you know, I remember Yoshi P was even actually crying when he felt he failed the community when he got the feedback from the Western market. And he changed it for mm -hmm. subsequent ones, for Bozja, for example. Right. Now it's, you know, duty-based. And, you know, it, it's, it's that process of listening to your community, reacting to it, and delivering on that promise. And from what I'm hearing from WoW, they're not doing this. And they're listening to the community and saying, yeah, but we know better. And they're going down that route. Yeah, and, you think you do, but, but you don't. There's, there's so many quotable lines from them that I think that that's one of the things that people are frustrated with is from that, you know, like, what is happening? What is yeah. happening? Like, oh, and then they have these interviews and it's like that, that feels so disconnected from the, what the temperature read is, what the people are feeling is. And even if what the people feeling isn't ultimately true, because I've, I've, I live in the world of de development. People will say, Hey, it'd be really great if X, but then when you listen to it, it becomes a level of understanding. It's like, oh, it turns out they want X because Y actually isn't working. If we fix Y, it it takes care of that. So if I just listen and do the thing that they say, oftentimes you don't end up at the at, at the right you know location. But if you actually hear what somebody's saying and you put thought into it and say, hey, we looked into it. Well, it turns out that actually is not how it's supposed to be. But we found this. We fixed this. Is that our, how does it feel now? Oh my gosh, so much better. Okay, everybody wins, you know, in that regards. And that's where I think I feel heard in 14, even if like I still, there's things that I want and have yet to see. But at the end of the day, like they deliver on so many things for me. But when I was playing WoW, I just felt isolated and alone. And I was like, oh, this sucks. Why am I here? And, uh, and that was just my personal experience. I know that people obviously have different experiences with different games in the long run. Any thoughts that we need to finish on the Final Fantasy topic before we dive into Fantasy Star? Other than the fact that you've got a phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have phones? <laughs> Sorry, you couldn't, have resist. Phones? Um, couldn't resist. It's the, a great the meme. Only thing, the only thing that I'll say, though, is that the way that Yoshi P, the development team, and everything for 14, I think that they view the community more as a family to them or more you know hey i'm here to play with my friends i want to make sure my friends are having a good time i want to make sure my family is having a good time and if it if something's wrong they'll let me know and i'll do my best to fix it whereas from what i've heard with wow and everything it's just like you're just a number in their pocket you know oh you're paying to play the game awesome you're number 10 you know mm -hmm. thanks for your money like that's the way i feel that 
or hear and read and everything like that, that it seems that they're going. To piggyback off that, to give a real life example of what you just said, in one of the fan festivals, it wasn't the first one, I think it, it might be the first one, someone had a problem with his account and he shouted out that he hasn't been able to log in for two weeks or something like that when Yoshi P was on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he called someone over on stage to go and sort out his problem there and then. Mm-hmm. That's the level of one-to-one that you have with uh, 14. Right. And wow, it would have been contact customer support and raise a ticket and we'll look into it. And then not hear anything for a year. Yeah. <laughs> that action from uh, Yoshi P right there is the difference between how one side respects and sees its player base compared to the other. Mm-hmm. I, I wish that overall they did fix the support issues with uh, with Square Enix as a whole, though. Like the, the <laughs> fundamental, like tracking it back, that's a beautiful thing. It should never have to have come to that. And so it's of like, course, yeah. yeah, so they, right. like Final Fantasy, like Square Enix's support site is is not the best. I've had good experiences and bad experiences, and uh, yeah, but you know, like the what I judge them on is do they find the problems, solve the problems, and then new issues are the new ones. Every year at FanFest, every expansion, there's been an issue outside of like Shadowbringers was great. But then prior to that, I remember the issues with Stormblood and Heavensward. So that the point where it's like, but it wasn't the same problem each time. It was a new problem. They found it, they fixed it, they took the feedback, and then essentially they're in a, a spot now that they're just firing on all cylinders. And that's one of the things I think that's helped them deliver where Blizzard hasn't, where COVID has hit everybody, 14 still put out content, and uh, World of Warcraft didn't. And that's, I mean, that's just essentially where it all exists. Okay, now let's go ahead and dive into our final topic. In this case, Fantasy Star New Genesis Launch Week. Guys, it's here. New Genesis, a whole new start. New engine. I want to know what you guys think about it. I'm going to start with you, Sora. It is gorgeous, <laughs> to say the least. Um, it did take me a little bit to get my graphics synced correctly. <laughs> uh, I have I was on Facebook, Twitter, and everything like that, and people were having the same kind of issues where things won't render correctly and everything like that, and they're getting all riled up about it. Uh, best thing I can say, if you do have a rendering issue, after you change your graphic settings, just log out, log back in again it'll get fixed doing that or even going to one of the Ruker devices switching from NGS to PSO2 base and then back again will also fix it. Um, I get it should be something that just works, but it is launch week. Mm -hmm. There's going to be problems. The lag issue right now for one thing. Um, But they are having an emergency maintenance on that right now, or it's scheduled for something. It might be going on right now um, to help fix that lag issue in among other issues, they said. So it'll be fixed. Just give them faith. Give them a little bit of leeway. Give them a little bit of time. It's a brand new engine. They're kind of reinventing or not reinventing, but they're innovating on how games are being played with the way that this works, being able to switch between the two, keeping your aesthetic, keeping all of your stuff, uh, 
being able to switch items back and forth, things like that. Like, I don't know of really many or any other games that have done something like this. A whole new overhaul. They have like, Destiny exactly. just straight like, up deleted a... content. Final Fantasy XIV destroyed the world. WoW right. destroyed the world and essentially eventually brought back Classic because people were like, how can I have that experience? Uh, this right. is historic. This is an innovation, and it's the first of its kind. So give it time. It's going to take a little bit. Be patient. I know that's asking a lot from a lot of people to just be patient. But it's week one. It's, what, day three? You know? Like, just just wait. It'll get better. I, don't, I hate saying that, but what else can you do? You know, it just it, you can send them your feedback, but don't be angry about it. Just say, hey, this is an issue I've run into. I know a couple other people that have run into this issue. If you can take a look at it, it would be greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Instead of going in there and just yelling about it, because you start yelling about it. They're not even going to look at your comment. They're not even going to look at what you're trying to tell them. Really? Like, oh, this guy's being super rude. Get out of here. What do you think? What type of luck were people experiencing? Because I'll be honest with you, when I played it day one, I played it in the evening of my time. Um, mm -hmm. The majority Same. of the ships were full, so um, <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> the one I went into was Answer, which was uh, normal or congested, but it wasn't full. That was the only one I had available at the time, so that's where I uh, loaded in. I've had I've had no graphical issues. No lag issues. I think the tutorial lasted way, way too long. Um, but I've personally experienced absolutely zero issues. I can run it on Ultra and no problems at all. I know a friend of mine who was um, on Discord with me at the time when I was streaming it was having, he was saying he was having lag issues. Mm -hmm. But in the UK, I've had absolutely nothing. It's been flawless for me, honestly. I've run into lag issues. I've run into like sometimes waiting for something to process before it actually mm -hmm. does what it does. So it's like, okay. And then I'm waiting for that check mark to fill on the quest. I haven't witnessed anything that's game breaking. Cause it's like, yeah, it's people are excited. They want to dive in. It's, you know, the fact that I, I didn't get kicked out at all. Uh, I would rather them me sit at a PC. That's just waiting for its thing to do its thing rather than, Oh, game crash, etc. So my overall experience has been, really positive playing on Xbox and PC. I've uh, been really positive. Like I, I have nothing but good things to say about my experience, knowing that the lag and all of this stuff is going to be resolved because this isn't a brand new game. This isn't from a studio that doesn't know what they're doing. This is from a studio that's rebuilt this whole like thing. And during COVID and has a roadmap for more content, uh, so I, I have a lot of faith. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe it doesn't work today, or maybe I'm having a little bit of lag, lag today. Turns out, oh, tomorrow, perfectly fine. Um, and right. yeah, I, you know, like with any launch, yeah, like you see, I see, you know, plenty of people are like, oh, it, you know, I, I have yet to see an MMO or an online game launch without any sort of issue. And until that day comes, like, I, I'm built in to predispose to like, yeah, right. like if, if it works I, great, if it doesn't, you know, I'll come back in a week or come back in two weeks, you know? Right. See, I don't think it's so much PSO launching Rocky. That's the issue. 
I think it's more the fact that you've had Avengers, Fallout 76, Cyberpunk 2077, Ooh, wow. Outriders. People are just sick of jumping into games that don't work. Mm -hmm. And the more games that launch in a rocky state, the more those tempers and that aggression is going to rise and rise until it does topple. But it's essentially, I mean, I everyone knows the MMOs when they launch. You know, you've got the mass rush of everyone jumping in, especially on a free-to-play game. You're going to have everyone and their grandma and their pet poodle jumping on playing the game. Mm -hmm. But, the, you know, so I expected problems, which is why I was absolutely flabbergasted when I had zero problems. Um, so good on them, at least for me. Yeah. But, like, my issues, know, I wouldn't even, like, classify as, as game breaking which right uh you know outriders you know bug you know item bug was that's a game breaking kind of thing like it's that's something it's that... just all the issues it's mm -hmm. just all the other right. games that have accumulated that kind of resentment towards releasing games that aren't working out the door and games that are coming out now no matter how small the issue is are going to be on you know they're going to be see the brunt of that because yeah. it's just pent up frustration so i think that's where the you know the hostility is coming from more than the actual game having a couple of days of a rocky start. Mm -hmm. Now, Martian yeah. says Rift actually launched without issues. Interesting. I I did not know. I remember playing Rift at launch. I thought I I I, I believe I remember having issues with Rift at launch, but I can't sit here now. I'm like I don't know. Maybe it was great. And then no one and no one played it. No, it's not. I I guess yeah. maybe people still play Rift, but um, those four yeah. people on the service, right? I guess so. <laughs> the like the biggest issue I had so far with uh, PSO two is or with NGS is uh, sometimes the damage numbers won't register. Yeah, or my hits won't register for like a minute or two. So I'll just keep hitting things and hitting things. It's like oh look, free DPS phase. And then they'll all register at once, and then the thing will be dead. Like, I've okay, never experienced sure. that at all <laughs> yeah. in the four, five, four hours that I played. Well, beyond that, at four hours, though, they're in maintenance to fix essentially the lag issue. They they were able to patch things, work on the game. Uh, mm -hmm. We're getting updates in July, August, this fall, this winter. That's... Yeah, like I, anybody was like, oh, yeah, I, I had a bad experience five minutes into this game. Game's dead. It's like, you, whatever. Like, like, are you really a, are you really a gamer or are you a drama gamer? It's like, all right, yeah, drama gamers, man. I tell you, They're, that is uh, one thing I have seen though is um, people complaining that there isn't enough of a uh, content or there isn't enough content. There is enough content. Like, well, okay, yeah, sure. There's not enough content right now, but they do have a content map. How much content did it launch with? Like level caps, 26 classes, story, you know. Right now, you... level caps, 15. 15. No, it's 20. Oh, no, level no, it's cap 20. Is 20. Beta was 15. Beta was 15. Um, I misspoke. Get I your misspoke. facts right. <laughs> I misspoke. You know what I mean? Um, so how long is the story? How long does it take to finish the story? Uh, has no one finished sure. the story? I haven't finished it yet. I'll let you know when I finish the story. My, my, okay, my so biggest there's... limitation is... I don't think that's the problem. I don't. I have any issue with the content that launched. In fact, it feels really solid as somebody who mm -hmm. plays fourteen. As somebody who plays, I've been playing Final Fantasy XI. Like as somebody who plays other games, like honestly, I'm like this is great. I want to get all of my classes to level twenty before uh, uh, Braver drops in August, and then Bouncer later this fall. Like 
okay, cool. And then the level cap goes up to 35. Like this, it feels like it's such this great experience that I don't feel like I have to rush. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that so much. If the level cap was 80, I, I tell you, like, I would, oh, you know, I'd be like, all right. Yeah, I'd be struggling this. You just hit the nail on the head, though, didn't you? Right there. You just hit it right there. But I did. It is people rushing the content that are complaining. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- you can never make enough content for everyone. Um, wow. Like, how long did it take you to finish um, the Shadowbringers con- uh, campaign? Uh, 35 hours. I mean, how many days did that roughly take you? Um, being that I was streaming and doing content over about five days. Right. Because uh, it took me two days to finish that. Um, we were playing for like 18 hours a day. Yeah. Um, but that's on me, right? Mm-hmm. If I burn through the content, no game can provide you with an infinite amount of content. It's going to have a limited amount. And if you're burning through everything the game's got to offer in three days, four days, playing, you know, 20 hours a day, not and some people won't even sleep. That's um, not the developer's fault. Yeah, it's not. Well, that's one of the things that, like, kind of bring back WoW. Like, I think that's one of the things that WoW cursed, uh, like, these genres with in the moment, that mindset of the real games at Endgame, the real game, like, rushing to cap. It's one of the things I respect about that the 14's raids aren't as a part of the expansion. They're weeks later so that people can enjoy the story. People will still rush and that's all well and good and on them. But that's one of the things I really appreciate about Final Fantasy 11 is the end game starts at level one. You know, it's like you literally <laughs> like, yep, you're here. Like it's all about like, and that's why I hope and I look forward to the future of Final Fantasy 14. But even with Fantasy Star, like you have weapon upgrades, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of like crafts and things that you can kind of try to perfect your build uh, with it. The fact that it starts at 20, like in my mind, if you think of the end game, it's like, well, going forward in a year, in two years, when the level cap is you know, 45 or 50 or, or, you know, whatever, as they kind of do that, like if they build out these end games that happen at these different intervals, like, yeah, level 20, we've got this, this content, boom, boom. Now we've added more content, more zones that take place in this as a player who's coming in in a year's time or two years time, like as a, as a veteran that I could just sit back and say like, man, you've got a lot of really cool stuff that is consistently evolving. You don't have to rush to level 80 to have the real fun. The real fun mm-hmm. starts like when you're just running around the field and fighting monsters and you're farming and you're doing these different things and you're learning this game. You have the story that drives you through it. Like, I think they're setting themselves up for a real strength. And that's one of the things that when we look at MMOs um, as a whole, and yes, the, the developers classify this as an MMO. They classify Destiny as an MMO. I've seen people tweet out like, it's an MMO. I don't care what you think about it. Call it whatever you want. It's a great fun game. Uh, the... What I look at it is that I think when we saw the success of WoW, like it's, I think it's fundamentally held back game design. And even though 14 used WoW as its model, uh, because it, to, to save itself and to bring itself into that, I have to say, like at at its core, I really think that the next decade of MMORPGs is really going to kind of take a whole new step because just like where you have a band that has a one-hit wonder, they can never their, their biggest hit happened right at the front. World of Warcraft just came in, changed the game. Everybody just tried to copy them. And the only one that's been really successful has been Final Fantasy. I think that when we look at the next 10 years, when we look at the next 10 years with Fantasy Star, I think we're we're setting ourselves up to be able to say like, but what 
can we do different? Like, how can we make our own game? We, we don't have to adhere to this monolith that is, well, uh, you know, World of Warcraft, where they got yeah. up to, what, 12, 17 million subscribers to the point where when you look at those numbers that big, it's no wonder everybody was like, yep, <laughs> that's the yeah. that's the format. And then here I am playing Final Fantasy Eleven, going like, ah, oh, if only, if only. Yeah, in that but, regards. But, but, but did you see in the chat? Asmongold is trying Final Fantasy fourteen. I'd miss that. Where is that? Is he playing it right now? It's uh, by Tyler Mayer. Asmon literally just tweeted he's going to try fourteen. What's up, Ty- Tyler Mayer? Hold on, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a pause break. I'm gonna pause this because is that is that is that in fact breaking news? Let's see here. I'll, that I'll could be one. breaking. That would be huge, especially if he likes it. I think outside of that, like if he gets teamed up with the right people and plays it not according to how the community uh, wants him to play it, that's going to be fantastic. I don't. I'm not so sure that that's that comment you highlighted. I will try Final Fantasy about... 14. No, the one up. The, no one. The one up top. Tyler Mayer. Oh yeah, I I just saw that one, so I was like, yeah. So. Cool. Sweet. This I will is try 14. There you go. Breaking news. You're welcome. And this honestly, big deal. honestly, I think the only way that he's going to enjoy anything 14 is if he level boosts. Because <sighs> going through going through the beginning stuff, he's just going to be like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this. I agree. Realm Reborn is really bad. Like he, somebody needs to just gift him a level boost on a dark night, and a story skip I mean, he to shadow to Shadowbringers. Guys, be sure to follow Chaos Prime on YouTube, by the way, uh, and on Twitter, <laughs> so uh, you can see his thing, Chaos Prime Z, on Twitter and YouTube. This is freaking exciting, dude. That's that's an ep- epic game breaking moment, historical know, moment. Right? Yes, Asman is going to play Final Fantasy fourteen. I uh, I do like we talked about this like I'd be per- he should boost I don't care just get him into the content he doesn't have to worry about story <laughs> nobody cares there's gonna be some people out there that say he absolutely has to play through the story and experience the game and appreciate it the way that I do he's that's not. what new game plus is for that's what new game plus is for get like if you like it and you're like what else is there new game plus it like it's such a smart feature for a game as that. So um, yeah, I see we actually do have a call in. We do have a call in, but before we get and bring them onto the show, guys, the top pin link, if you want to come uh, comment on anything we're talking about today, uh, you can join in if you got a good mic. Uh, Sorry, you're about to say something. I do want to make sure we wrap up our PSO yeah. thoughts. Yeah, somebody give that man a level 70 skip for Dark Knight and a story skip. Just send it to him. Here you go. Use this code. <laughs> have fun. Like honestly, I would right now. There you go, uh, <laughs> chaos. Any uh, any final thoughts on Fantasy Star? I'm really enjoying it. I hope it develops and delivers in a good way because my initial impression outside of the tutorial, which almost put me to sleep, was really good. It ran smooth. It played great, and I really enjoyed. Everything about it, it the, the combat, the ability to glide, the f- open world surroundings as opposed to the instance areas of PSO2 original, 
to me, it was just brilliant. And just being able to run around and just find enemies and fates. I'll call them fates because yeah. I'm used to that in 14. Um, it was great. And then running into a big boss, which looked at me and said, you're not supposed to be here. And it was dead. <laughs> I missed those moments from Final Fantasy XI. But yeah, yeah I, oh, I, yeah. I have um, high hopes for high hopes. PSO2 and GS right. because uh, it delivered for me. All right, guys, this is uh, we're gonna go to do a call in show. I'm gonna bring in uh, Artemel Khan. I'm sorry, butchering your name. Welcome, thanks for tuning in again. We've had you on the show before, uh, you're always very insightful. Um, what are we what are we talking about? Hey, guys, um, so I was actually listening to the conversation about um, content, and I, I wanted to pose a question to everyone on that I always pose to friends in Discord and, and when I have this sort of philosophical discussion, which is how much of the responsibility is on the, the player for mm. content? Because I feel like as we have MMOs that have spanned what we could probably consider a generation these days, um, you can't, you can't compare new games that come out to them. You can't say, look at the content that this new game brings, but people expect it. They expect New World to have the same amount of content as WoW or 14, even though it just launched. Um, and it's always a really interesting conversation to me when people say it needs more, it needs more, it needs more, but it's like there's this double-edged sword where you have to pay for it. You have to support it. You have to play it and put your time into it. And then it will get more, but then no one wants to do that because they want more now. So it's sort of this thing that eats, it's a community that eats itself, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a way. So yeah. I, I just think it's always a really interesting conversation to have, especially around new game launches and talking about content. I'm going to go with chaos to, to, to take on that question. I think that's a, an, such a really great like just game design and you know philosophical question when it comes to how we take on games chaos once you once you take the the first uh, stab at this one cool so uh, this leads back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier as opposed to subscription based and free to play model where a free to play model needs funding and support in order to allow the game to continue its existence, whereas a subscription-based model just feeds off the subscription, and that's how they continually fund the game. Now, if a MMO is coming out, me personally, I would expect at least the main campaign to be there. Um, NGS launched, didn't, like, when I was looking at NGS, it didn't say it was going to launch incomplete or half the game was going to be there. Just NGS is launching on... On the ninth, go play it. I at least expect the base campaign to be there. I haven't played all the way through, so I don't know how much of the base campaign is there. Um, but like in A Realm Reborn, I expect the whole of the Realm Reborn campaign to be there, which it was. Everything else that came after it was additional content, which we you know paid for with subscriptions. In terms of like enough content, I think right now for NGS it's a mixed bag from what i'm hearing from the panel and from what i'm hearing and just reading online at the moment it's missing some fundamental stuff but i think as a free to play game it's got enough to get it off the road 
See, most people look at these games, MMOs in particular, the free-to-play ones, and are comparing them to subscription models. You can't do that. You need to compare them to for like for like with a, another free to play game because they don't have the funding that a subscription based model has. Uh, Final Fantasy 14, when it came out, was 40 pounds, I believe it was 45 pounds in the UK when it first came out. And that's all sales that are generating before you even jump into the game. That's guaranteed revenue coming in. And then you've got the subscription on top of that after your first month. So you've got a you can't compare the actual level of content from a paid product to a free product because free will always be less. Mm -hmm. They will release, in my opinion, the minimum viable uh, MVP and build from there. Because if they try to build everything, they'll run out of budget and then they'll be in a position where they'll be, hey guys, we've got like half the game here. We could have finished the other half of the game, but we're going to release this anyway. And when you give me money, I'll release the rest. They don't want to do that. So they release a portion of the game. It's free. Go in, enjoy yourself, play the campaign. As long as the updates for this come in a timely manner for the free-to-play games, you won't notice it. You're always going to get those people that know life the games. And those people that know life it will run out of content no matter what they're playing. 14, WoW, you know, yeah, Elder 100%. Scrolls, you yeah. name it. They're going to run out. And, you know, for those people, there's no helping those. But for the average casual person, the average gamer, you know, it's enough, especially if you're not paying anything for entry. So I think where PSO2 NGS is right now, I'm just going to refer to it as NGS for sure. Please I think do. it's in a good place. <laughs> just call it New Genesis, like NGS. Like, yep. <laughs> it's such a mouthful. Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis. What's the difference? <laughs> It's the new one. <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's in a good place, and I think where it's at with the level of content it's got is acceptable. The problem is people are comparing it to a paid product, and that's just silly. I don't think you should. I don't understand why anyone would do that, other than the fact that reing is pretty popular these days. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's very popular and very profitable <laughs> to, to, to be just constantly mad. Like that's what it's like. It gets, uh, well, it's, yeah, that's the problem with social media though. It's like as a game of attention, you know, it's like being mad, having a like, oh, this is the worst or et cetera. Like that's, what's going to get, uh, people connected, you know, in that regards, like, cause they'll either agree or disagree. They're either mad with you or they're like, you know, not, they're not mad like you. They're mad in different ways. They're mad at you or something like that. So, right. um, it's a, it's a fundamental thing. That's where it's like, um, Content. I want to let Soro answer, and then I'll I'll give my 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 final thought before we wrap the the podcast. Now, the way that I've always seen any game, MMO, first player or single player, you know, multiplayer, whatever, is that it's meant to be enjoyed in periods, not binged for three days straight. Like, it could also just be that dad mind coming in as well i play a couple hours at night that's it like i have enough content to last me through the different games that i do play to for months like i could set 14 aside right now completely until endwalker comes out and still have enough in other games that i play to last me 
till end walker like i don't sit here for eight nine hours like some people do to just get to the end and then be mad that i'm at the end like i'm here to enjoy my journey through it uh but again i guess i'm in the minority on that one uh I, I, I don't know. People do what they want to do, and you can't really help that. People will be mad about everything. doesn't matter. Just, I'm mad that my chair is nice. I I don't know. <laughs> there, somebody's got to be mad at something. You're too joyful, Soro. You're too, beautiful. <laughs> You're too beautiful for this world. Well, I do have a puppy in my lap. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's, yeah, like find something that brings you joy. Uh, for me, like I, 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 and I've expressed this multiple times. Like when people talk about glamour being the true end game and some of these things, like those aren't systems that speak to me. That's not content that speaks to me. I always kind of gravitate towards the friend game being the true end game. So mm -hmm. back to the kind of the original comment, you know, the question is like, uh, how much content, like what level of responsibility did the player have, etc. cetera? Uh, I think uh, immense amount of responsibility. I think personal responsibility is a real key thing. And if you can, as a human being, kind of learn to own that like you know only i i've accepted in life that i am only able to control me and i might have influence you know when it comes to my kids and like how like and how i teach and things like that but when it comes down to it like if i over consume a game and i outpace the content because uh, you know it's good or i feel like i can make content off of it or if i feel that you know there's a weird, you know, external pressure. You know, I'm definitely somebody who has talked about how I put pressure on myself at time to times. And sometimes I look back and go, that was good. Or yeah, that really wasn't healthy. Uh, you know, maybe I played that game for 18 hours that day, you know, like, you know, that day, it happens less and less now, but I know there were definitely gaming sessions where it's like, yeah, like, what'd you do this weekend? I did nothing but game. And I look back on those weekends fondly, but also those aren't happening anytime soon uh, for the future. I look at it in terms of a balance, terms of curated versus sandbox. And what I continue to like espouse is that I think the game that I find the most enjoyment out of it is, is a game that offers a, a, an approach and content and style that is that has a lot to, to, to bring. I think the theme park model is fundamentally flawed. And the reason it right, rose to popularity is because it has that dopamine hit that makes it easy to get in and, and feel like you're you're able to play like i left final fantasy 11 you know because i felt like i couldn't get anything done back in the day before they brought in level sync because i was trying to play and you know there was a time where you could only party up with people within a certain level range otherwise you're just you're kind of sol you gotta wait or you gotta solo and that was sometimes negative progress so there was a definitely an appeal of the theme park being that you could kind of get in and have something to do you know, I think that was important, especially for replay outside of like, here's my main goals. Uh, and then vice versa. I think uh, what's lacking in current games is sandbox, el sandbox elements. Once people are in and hooked, I'm sitting down talking to Chili like before uh, Shadowbringers. And he's like, I've cleared all the savages. I've done everything. I've got everything to cap. I've, I've done everything that this game has asked for. I've crafted. I've gathered. I've, there is nothing for me to achieve. I've achieved it all. You know, and row, and then you know, Nero wept because, or whoever, Alexander wept because there's no ki more kingdoms left to conquer, or something like that. <laughs> when I look at that, I go, it's like, well, the sandbox, like role play, like 14 has sandbox elements, and 
I think that 14 would benefit from them. Eureka is a good sandbox. Uh, Bosha is a good sandbox in certain, in certain respects. And uh, I would like to see a, a balance between the theme park and the sandbox model, because then I think what makes the most fun, the most memories are the memories in which that we create for ourselves outside of that curated experience. Because like, you know, like 14 does a great job at having that experience, putting you on that track, delivering you that story. You come, you come home, you get off that train and you're like, that was awesome. I'm really thankful for that. And then essentially if it was like, well, great, now you can play. Uh, Star Wars is a great example as a, as a franchise that has let people play in that sandbox. And because of that, it's become this bigger thing. I think, uh, when it comes down to it, I don't think the train should take you that long. I don't think the curated experience and content needs to be designed out for that 60, 80 hour day because no, but like, like as we've become adults, as we've gotten jobs, as we become more busy with life and expectations and responsibilities, like honestly, like I stand by what I said, I I'm relieved that PSO two is launching at level 20 cap. Like that is a plus. That is a real win. Because that's something that's achievable and that I'm going to feel satisfied. And then I'm going to be, then I'm going to ask for more. And guess what? They've already said more is coming. I'm like, great. I think having that variety in my life is, is important to me. I've spoken to that multiple times. I know that I've, you know, had big YouTubers and, and content creators per specifically advise me just to do one thing, just focus down on one thing, just focusing on one thing and, and, and you'll grow. And, and then once you get to, you know, 100,000 subscribers, 500, like it's a never ending game. Once you get to 500,000 subscribers, once you get to your million subscribers, then you could branch out. I go, I'm going to branch out now. Cause if they're not going to, if they're not going to want to see it now, they're not going to, they're not, I don't care if they're going to want to see it then. I'm not trying to build myself up as a career content creator in that regards. So right. I think, uh, I, I look at playing with friends as kind of the, the key aspect having conversations about those games and honestly playing in the, in the sprints that I can right now. I don't have a lot of game time. I, I sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a podcast today. I don't know if we'll do a podcast next week. I've, you know, actually we won't because I'm going to be, I'm, Julie and I are escaping to a cabin for, for a couple of days just to get away from technology and just to kind of re relax. We, you know, we, it's been a go, go, go kind of life cycle for us for the last five years, but that's just where I'm at. Hopefully that does that answer your question at all? Because I love the question. I think that's fantastic. But yeah, I'm, I want to I want to let you have the final thought. We also have another call in and then we'll we'll wrap up after this one. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was um, it was a question that was sort of more like answering it as an exercise rather than mm -hmm. needing an answer, which right. I love those kinds of questions. So I'm, I was just interested in everyone's uh, thoughts and opinions on it. And as always, I appreciate getting to jump on. Dude, thanks for being here. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, we're going to bring in somebody else now, but we appreciate you. And uh, guys, again, uh, well, we try to do more of these uh, podcasts. It's kind of a call and shows here at the end. So we'll go ahead and say remove and let's go ahead and add you. Welcome, Anon J. You're live Thank with you us here today, much. and I love, yeah, and I love your uh, Micah, Michelangelo. Uh, unless my <laughs> unless my eyes deceive me, and that's not orange. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah, Bunga, dude. Dude, uh, what's your what's your comment? What's your question? Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Lost Ark because okay. uh, Chaos brought a really good point up about the uh, free to play model and you know, people's expectancy for content. Because I think at this point in time, there are a lot of players who are 
very absorbed in the idea of, well, if this is a free-to-play game, I should be able to do anything I want to at any time, and they shouldn't, you know, be able to ask for money and whatnot outside of, you know, the cash shop, because that's quote-unquote unfair. But in reality, it really goes to show that people's investment in a game is more visible through cash shop items because, of course, you need funding in order to keep a game going and progressing. So I wanted to make sure that whenever I go into a another free-to-play game, because I've, I've played New Genesis, I'm, I've played Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. and I've had experiences with a lot of other free-to-play games, which is, you know, uh, it's not to my liking, or, you know, if I if I don't want to support it, you know, you don't put money into it. But I think as players, we have to, or a lot of us have to get used to the idea of putting financial investment into a free-to-play game, not because they're trying to strong-arm us into uh, getting the best things through uh, money and uh, financial investment, but because we like the game enough to actually voluntarily put money in it when we don't have to. What's your line? Like, what? Like, because I I'm with you in that regards. Like, I don't feel ever, you know, like if a cash shop makes me feel FOMO or pressure, it's a game that I don't stick with. But if a cash shop is there to enhance um, my experience, then as I love the game, I'm like, oh, absolutely. I, I find that like love of the game ends up being kind of directly connected to if the game is good and players are having fun. They recognize that it needs support, you know, like no one's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's freeloaders, but we'll just count that like I'm not going to judge them because they, they're going to play this game for free. But at the core right. of it, like I, I see that. And that's one, one of the things we see with Patreon, with like Twitch, like subs and with like YouTube memberships, like there's a willingness within, I think, gaming and gaming culture to, to offer that level of support if the content is good. Right. Like if, if you produce good content, this games, content creators, like there's a willingness that people step up and support. And that, you know, and that's because they recognize like, hey, why that one YouTuber stop making content? Well, it turns out it's not you don't really make as much money as people think you make off ads. Like, right. <laughs> like oh, well, you know, at some point, like my kids wanted to eat. My wife said, get a get a real job. And I either I either have to make I have to make a choice. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. like it, as a as a side hustle or as a part time content creator, it's nice to sit here and be able to like buy the nice diapers because you guys watch like a video. Like, thank you guys. But um, where where is the line in the sand for you? Like, what is that where that 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 cash shop becomes egregious? Uh, my experience has been with different cash shops. I think uh, 14 is a good is a very good example of like the positive end of uh you know being paying for certain content because i'm not i'm not of the mindset of paying for level boost that much that's mm-hmm. just a personal thing yeah but my line comes in more so for um you know different gear that may have higher stats or mm. um any any specific item that allows you to just bypass all the difficulty that other players have to go through like you know if if um any mount that you need to get for a raid was now just available in the cash shop and you don't have to do that. That seems a little unfair to me at least. But as long as what you're paying for is what you get, and I mean by, you know, reducing the RNG factor, that's where my line is because there have been a lot of cosmetic-based 
a lot of cosmetic based items in other games that are more so still tied to RNG. So you're you're paying for the possibility of getting an item, not for the assured ability to get an item. So you're you're running a lottery and that's not in my personal interest and that puts a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, well said. Uh, Chaos or Sword, do you have any uh, anything to add to that? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's a simple man, and we love him. Chaos, you got any final thoughts on this one? No, I think everything that needed to be said has been said and covered. As long as the cash shop isn't intrusive, I think it's okay. Yeah, It's when it becomes intrusive that I have a problem with it. It's when everything is locked behind the yeah. cash shop mm-hmm. is when I have a problem with it. Like Destiny, for example. Destiny did it, et cetera. Yeah, very, and that's also like where it's like you kind of see, I, so I think Activision more than anything else. And that's where it's just mm-hmm. like uh, these, where Activision is like, we're really more interested in the, the whales, the people who are going to spend money. Yeah, we lost subscribers, but we made more money. Like that, that's a red flag, like in my mind. Yeah. Like that's but there is real- more microtransactions now in Destiny than there was when Activision was there. Right. But are those are those microtransactions egregious and in your face? Yeah. Oh, for you? Okay, cool. Like, I'm, I'm not actively playing right now, so it's like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I see people running around with really cool, shiny-looking skins for their weapons, and the only way you can get that, because they took away your engrams that you got when you leveled up. They, um, for example, shaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shaders, which used to cost uh, 20 Bright Dust, 30 Bright Dust, now cost 300 Bright Dust, but your supply of them has cut down exponentially. Mm-hmm. Your access to Glamour, changing your suits, is t- uh, two full sets per gaming season. All the armor sets that you can get in the shop are pretty much paid for. There's That's nothing there for you to actually go in and earn. But you can't get a gun, like a like a, a gun, an actual gun. That's not yet. Only okay. in the Korean one. Oh wow, that's gross. In the uh, Korean one, you know where um, Ikora stands in the bank, mm-hmm. right opposite her. There's actually a stall there where you can go and buy real weapon exotics for real money. It's I, like a, I mean, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I mean, that's what Zer's for. You just go to Zer, yeah. see what he has, and then, and then you're using game currency. Yeah, right. I think I think cash shops are a real fine line in the sand. And I know there's an anti MTX crowd out there probably screaming us at us in the comments when this video gets posted. Speaking of which, guys, if you haven't followed over on Ginger Prime Clips, uh, our uh, podcast highlights and clips are actually over on that channel. Over 100 of you have found it. Uh, it is uh, part of the channel page as well. So be sure to go find that. Uh, as that is, uh, yeah, another channel that I make. Um, but yeah, it just ends up being a little bit like more bite size consumable over there. So if you're still listening and you have yet to subscribe over on ginger gaming or ginger prime clips, would love to see you over there as well. But, um, I know the anti MTX uh, crowd definitely uh, screaming at, uh, at us. It's like, no, like just the fact that we support it means that that's the industry. Like the, if you're holding out that a subscription based MMO is going to come out, and be a triple A game, and it's going to just be on your subscription, etc. You know what? I I wish I could be you because I just don't see that coming back ever. And I think when we look at when we talked about earlier about theme park MMO design games and stuff like that design, like Game Pass is more of a, a competitor to the subscription based MMO. Netflix is, 
And, you know, if you think of the theme park, Game Pass is kicking every theme park MMO's butt because it delivers amazing content every freaking month for the same subscription price. And it doesn't have to be like a multiplayer game or not. Like I've been playing MLB the show. I've been playing, I played Outriders on Xbox. I play, you know, it's like ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. So at the end of the day, something, you know, I don't think we found the right model, but I just, honestly, the fact that we have like 14 still subscription and WoW still technically is a subscription is interesting, but I just don't see another subscription only MMO launching unless it's coming off the heels of something like a Final Fantasy from Square Enix or a World of Warcraft 2 from Blizzard. Like, there's such a barrier for like new like new world could not launch with a subscription in this market because nobody knows who they are nobody knows this game nobody's been playing new world one two three four five you know etc for since they were a kid and now they want to play online with their friends like that just doesn't happen and um and and we got to be careful by cash shops because it, it is a conversation you know it is a direct feedback loop and if all of a sudden the coolest gear the coolest guns, the coolest whatever is has to be you know paid for. That's why I'm like, just give me a buy to play model. I like I I'll, I'm I'm be- I'm more happy with a buy to play. But then at the same time, I go play Fantasy Star Online too, and they I feel like they have a really good experience. But they do have mm-hmm. boosters, they do have these things that are these sins, etc. So it's like I think it comes down to trust. I think it comes down to the love of the franchise. And if you have those things, then you know you either we're either excusing the the the, uh, the actions and or or you know we 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 trust that our money is being well invested and spent and we want to be we want to participate in that economy. It's an interesting uh, question, interesting perspective, and and Nanje, Ananja, uh, thanks so much for coming on and weighing in on that. I'm gonna say and uh, and uh, any final thoughts before we uh, before we remove you from the show. Um, Not because you did anything wrong, just as a oh, natural. No, no, you're, fine. Fine. <laughs> you're great. You're welcome back. Well, there's an option for kick, and at least it says remove from stream. I was like, oh, I don't know about kick. I don't know about that. Anyway, go ahead. Well, other than the, the cash stop thing, I think that's where uh, PSO2 has the leg up on uh, Lost Ark. Not that they'd be directly in competition with one another, just mm-hmm. because PSO2 has a you know has a dedicated player base. Yeah. And has history with its player base versus Lost yeah. Ark, which is, you know, even though it's been out for two years, it still has a, uh, a a bit of reputation for when are we getting this game? When is it coming out? And is it still going to be good when it comes out? And is there and something to follow up the, the content? In, in, in two years, mm-hmm. is there more content for new uh, for Lost Ark? Because there's going to be for PSO2. I know yeah, that I, that's, they've only that's talked about one year, but I know there's another year. So, yeah, because yeah. I mean, I think they'll be they'll either be playing catch up or trying to you know level out with other MMOs just so the competition stays there. Yeah. Because I think Lost Ark is gonna have to get hit the ground running when uh, release date comes, just because we know we know about the game. It's been out for a while, and people are eager to play it, and you want to get those people in while you can before that interest dies out. A hundred percent. Well, Nanj, thanks so much for uh, hopping into the show. I appreciate all our call-ins today. I like doing that. We're going to keep doing that. So thank you all for tuning in live. Be sure to subscribe to Ginger Gaming Radio and Ginger Prime. uh, So that way you don't miss a show. Chaos, I'm going to uh, let you have it. And then we'll go Soro and then we'll wrap up. I did have one question I wanted to ask both of you two. Okay. Mm -hmm. So PSO2 has boosters, but no one's really talking about them. No one really cares because as... Brian said, you know, there's that trust element, whatever it is. 
People aren't talking about it, moaning about it, complaining about it. If New World didn't say anything about the boosters, if they didn't just they just let sleeping dogs die, as they say, and then just added them in at a later date as something that came two months after launch, do you think it would have had as big as an impact as it has negatively now as it would then? Let's or take it first. Uh, if they, if after but, two months, yeah, if after two months they were just slide them in without yeah. saying without <laughs> saying anything, slide into your DMs without it. saying, yeah, without saying anything. I mean, it's going to be in the patch notes and stuff, obviously, uh, but it's just right. going to just it's just going to turn up and it's just something that they're introducing rather than. Hey, we're releasing a new game. Oh, by the way, we're also adding boosters, and we're talking about that before the game ever comes out. Uh, if it was a couple months later, or you know, the next patch that they put into the game, say, "Hey, we had an issue, but we're also going to throw this in there as well." Like, I don't see a problem with it, honestly, because then that gives players time on the front end to enjoy the game leveling naturally instead of just going in and buying the boost. Now, if I, you know, I start, I know I'm, I'm probably not going to do a boost anyway, because I have no need to, but if me and Brian are playing and I step away for uh, like two or three months or something like that, and he's up at level 45 and I'm still only at level 20 and I want to go play at his level, play with him, because that's where my fun is playing with my friends and everybody else is above me. That's when I would buy one just to catch up to where they are. So I can enjoy the game with my friends, enjoy the game that I want to enjoy it with the people I enjoy playing games with. But again, I'm a humble little soul. <laughs> so that that's just me. <laughs> So um, I think that would probably have been gone over a lot better um, in terms of that it would have people playing the game, feeling what it feels like, and determining if it's a good game or not. Uh, good game is the is the key thing. Good game people will pay for it. Good game equals etc. Fourteen has boost. Wow has boost. Everybody has boost. I don't like them at the like on a, on a fundamental thing. I don't involve myself with them. That's fine. Um, I think that anything that is introduced, I, I like it if it's tradable. I like if it like is and how they've said it is like they said they've considered it, but it's that it's an item that you can earn in game. And then it's like mm -hmm. if it's tradable, you know, cool. If you want to buy them off the the board and then put them up for sale for somebody to spend in game money with them, I'm perfectly fine with it. I I, I like player trade, and that's where just where I stand. Um, I think essentially, like Amazon has a lot of cut out to them. They got a lot of work to do. Because they have to build that trust. They have to establish that they have a good game. And then if they do that, then players will be like, okay. And the, I think the thing, the, the thing that makes me favorable to them and to the game so far is that I feel like they're open about it. They're honest about it. They're communicative. They're having that dialect, right? They're like, hey, this isn't working out. They're letting, and, they're gonna, and they've said that they're going to have that, di that dialogue with the players. And if, and if, let's say they do, and let's say that like here in a year, they're like, okay, Hey guys, this is what we were considering adding into the shop. What do you think? And then the community said, okay, this is good. Do this, but don't do that. And then they go the route that the community that's playing the game does and wants. Then I think that's an overall positive move. But the only thing that can, that can save new world and establish that is time. 
That's the only thing. And if Amazon comes out, they're going to have people will hype it. People, you know, will fall off of it. People will go play other games. After all that's said and done, if they, if players are playing it and they're continually release content for it, they've got their work cut out for them. They've got a lot that they have to do and continue to do to establish that level of trust. So if they, the game comes out and if every three months there's a new update to the game and they're just going toe to toe in terms of that, 14's still going to take it. 14's got the trust and it's got the investment and the time sink. But if New World continues to do what 14 does, play fundamental, you know, baseball, deliver really good quality content. Oh, turns out they've got this. They've got this too. Uh, and they just kind of do different things. I think everybody wins. I think all the gamers win. I think Yoshi P wins if New World's a success. I think uh, New World's a success of 14. You know, like they can look and see what people are doing and find their community and their niche and hopefully help move the MMO genre forward. But there's no forward without, you know, finances. And that's where, you know, gamers in it, this whole conversation gets messy really quick. That's my thought. Did that answer your question, uh, Chaos? Yeah, and Martians, I think, uh, hit the nail on the head of my thought process. Yeah. If, Saying... it, if they announced the, you know, the boosters and stuff during the first expansion, I think it would have went down a lot smoother than what it has now. Oh, yeah. Because it, and I think that was their biggest problem. But they haven't announced boosters before the Even expansion. talking about them is just a Bad idea, and that's and I think honestly that's a lot of part of the, the leaks. Like it's, you know, I, I'm not going to oh, sit yeah. here and say that you should spend money on their game. I think it's their job to earn it if they if they if they want your time and money. But of at the course. end of the day, like, yeah, it's I think it's a lot of pointless YouTube drama. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> All right, good discussion topic. Chaos. Where can people find you? You can find me over at YouTube at youtube.com forward slash chaos prime zyt and at Twitch. At twitch.tv forward slash chaos prime zyt as well, and at Twitter at chaos prime z without the yt. Uh, Sora, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me over on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash global cooldown, and uh, also on Twitter at uh, global cooldown. All right. And guys, you're here rocking and rolling on Ginger Prime and Ginger Gaming Radio. You can find me here or occasionally over on Work to Game, occasionally meaning every day, as we post quite often. Hopefully giving you that daily dose of good video game content. Appreciate you being here. Thanks, guys, for hitting the like on the stream. Wherever you are, we uh, do appreciate those. This helps share it out. And if you guys aren't aware, you can uh, you know subscribe and listen in in MP3 podcast format. Links will all be in the description for you to go to listen however you like to consume your podcast. Just search Work to Game Podcasts, and you will find uh, both Epic Loot Radio and Casually Hardcore Really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the show for Epic Loot Radio. My name's Brian. You have hopefully had a really good experience when you're listening to this and this endgame. We'll be back here in two weeks to cover more of the gaming news, E3, and so much more exciting uh, stuff over the next couple of weeks. Guys, love you, love you faces, and we'll see you next time.